0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the ABC show, where today my guest is someone I just graduated from our Dubai FinTech program. I thought it would be good to bring him on for him to talk more about what happened the last couple of months and just have an interesting chat with him. Hey, Stephen, how are you?
1: Hey, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. I'm Yeah, I'm doing really well. I'm pleased to be here.
0: It's always good to talk to you. And I wanted to know more about what you do and, you know, tell me more about, you know, your journey. And actually, I want to know more about you as well. So.
1: Sure. So um, I've, i was worked in investment banking. So I did my maths and economics degree. I saw, I asked my friends, I said, hey, what are you guys doing? And they were looking at management consultancy, um, accounting and banking. So I looked at accounting and I thought, well, I don't want to study for three more years. And I looked at consultancy and I was like, well, they're really long hours and you don't get the chance to pick where you work. So I thought, let's try banking. So after applying for loads of banks um, in my last year, I think probably about 30 applications, I got accepted onto zero. So I thought, wait, what can I do? So after I finished uni, I thought I still really think I can work in banking. So for three months, I applied for internships around the world and I got accepted in America so it's unpaid so I thought if I just get an unpaid internship at the top investment bank that's gonna propel my career so I worked at Merrill Lynch in Boston and worked for free for three months took a loan out to support myself and ever since then I was flown back to London for uh, meetings for interviews didn't get those but I worked in Australia and then London and then finally my first job in Goldman Sachs and then from then on it was good so I worked at a number of top investment banks over 15 years in a number of different products. And I saw that there was a gap in some areas within the trading floor. So then that led me to start my own um, trading platform company. And that's how I became part of Startup Bootcamp.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, You know what? I I remember the first time you pitched, um, I think. um, And um, I was very interested in, because it was not your typical idea. And and keep in mind, um, you know, like, I remember your program had over 550 applications. And, uh, and it was a lot of, you know, I would say 90% of them were very uh, copy paste kind of businesses, No, no pun intended, it just, it's just they were, you know, they wanted to be a copycat of something that is either local or international. While yours had like a twist. And that's what what really you know but myself and my team sparked our interest right so but I, i want to know more like how where did the aha moment come from like where did you say you know what there's something there i want to put a put my finger on it and i want to you know see where this this can go
1: that's a really good question and so i speak to a lot of friends about this as well and so i thought right where do i i sat down i remember sitting down in my place in london thinking, okay, where do I see the world going? And I just looked within my market and I thought, well, I believe things are gonna be traded more electronically. I believe things are gonna be traded more directly. So not just with one institution, but everyone trading together. So I thought, I believe in these things. And so I thought, what product out there has a gap in this? And just from working in banking, I saw that Equities and FX is clearly electronically traded. I worked on bonds, I worked on swaps, I worked on clearing and I saw this one product collateral and I thought, well, that's been left behind. I looked to see why it was left behind. So I thought, well, I think I can do the same I did with other products with this product. So it became a really easy uh, yes. And then I was like, great, let me just go for it. But also I worked on one product that's crossed over with the collateral products. So the clients are really similar. Not so much the clients are similar, but the the people trading are very similar so i thought everything's leading me to do this there were too many uh, reasons to do it than not to do it so i just did it
0: that's very entrepreneurial of you you know you know you looked at an area and you said you know what i think there's something there and then you i'm sure you googled a couple of things and you're like you know there's nothing really there that well, exactly what i wanted to do and then you pursued it that's and then just on that
1: actually i so once I had that idea, I thought, well, is there a market for it? So then I spent a year speaking to all my clients around the world, visiting them as well. And it then helped me create a business plan. So when I came to Middle East, they were like, if I can help with the local side, they'll then give me the international side. I then took that away thinking, is this something I can do? I then realized I could do it. And then the business plan came out of that. So like I had that initial idea, I then did a bit market research and then that kind of filled the plan out. So I always tell brands, you never need, I never need the end goal right away. I just know the vision I have, everyone trading together um, and trading on a platform. That's like the goal I keep in mind. So that gives me the, like the intention, the direction. And I don't have to have everything sorted. I just know this step, this step, this step, this step. Some people can look too much at the goal and the gap between where they are and where they want to be, they just fill it with doubts and fears and it's never going to happen. So I always make sure that I'm not cementing the future with like potential worries or failures because then I'm just stepping upon that path. And so you've got to get the balance right between, I don't ever deviate from that vision but I am very flexible in the steps I take to get there. A lot of people do it the other way around. They're very flexible in their vision and they're very inflexible in their steps. So I, I make sure I that's the hardest bit sometimes to always maintain, but I think that's what everyone's really doing.
0: I, I like that approach, you know, at least you know where you're going, but how you're going to get there is what the journey is all about, right? So, and I think that's, um, that's a very good way to approach things, even in the startup world, you know, even in, in even in any business SMEs, um, and, and see, and a lot of, th- a lot, a lot of times when we, when I talk to a lot of people, especially founders or owners of SMEs, um, you know, their goals are usually money driven or uh, target, you know, and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with money. It's just a lot of times, um, uh, money is usually the result of you doing something really good or or you, um, you know, perfecting a process or you know exactly where you want to go, you know, so and the money will be the result of that. And it can't be the main driver. It can't be the main goal. And that's what I keep. I think you've heard me say that before. That it, as well.
1: It, absolutely. I watched an RSA animation on what motivates people and it's not money. And so I remember speaking to friends and they say money is the byproduct of doing what you love. And if you focus on the money, then it's never going to get you in a good place. And so I like speaking to international clients. I like doing trading-related activities. So I'm applying my passion to something. And if I do it really well, the money then comes. The money is the reward for following your passion in a really um, excelling way. And so I find when people just focus on the money, no, that money is going to ever be good enough. So I've seen people working at banks and jobs they don't like getting paid lots and they just spend it more because they were hoping it made them feel happy and it didn't. So you want more money to then spend more money and you just always ending up not being particularly happy. So yeah, it's good to not do that.
0: It is, it is a vicious cycle. I have to be honest. But So, okay, let's go back to, you know, um, you know, getting on the journey, you know, and yep. I know you've had aspects of your journey, you know, even you said that you took an internship that unpaid internship and you took a loan and stuff like that. And you took a bet. Yep yourself so tell me uh about certain times in your life where you felt that you know there's only dead ends or like only walls right in front of you and barriers like how did you you know self pick yourself up or how did you you know uh, maneuver around these walls and these barriers so
1: i always keep in mind that the future is a probability and anything can happen and so when I when you're young, you just like when I was 21, you don't worry about, you don't project yourself down a negative path. So I remember being 21, even to my friends, I was like, I'm going to America. They're like, really? I'm like, why? I'm like trying to get a job. And they're like, you're not getting paid. I said, yeah, I'll work it out. I just always really believed that if I worked well, not hard, but followed what I liked, it's always going to end up well. So I always had that as a really buoyant um idea. And when you have that, I'm projecting that into the future. And I'm looking for goals and steps and choices and actions all in line with that. And so just to tie it in with your question, it's like, if I, I feel like I've got like a little pointer, I point this way, I'm projecting myself down a good path. If I'm doing it this way, I'm kind of projecting myself down a destructive path. And I've all the options are possible, but I've just removed all the good ones and just focusing on this. And then I convert my belief into a fact, I am going to fail. I'm not going to do well. I'm never going to find a way. So I find that when people start to, in any industry, like even sports, when people look at the future and only focus on what what might not go right, they then don't make choices in line with that. Because if I think, oh, I'm never going to get into banking. I'm not going to take myself to America. If I think, oh, I'm never going to be able to work on the trading floor, I'm never going to apply for a training job. If I think things like that. And so I always make sure that my lens is very clean. And it's objective. Like I don't deny a situation. I don't sit there and think, oh, I'm gonna do really well with no contacts. So I'm like, you know what, I've got no contacts. How can I get contacts? And so a lot of people think that being positive is what's needed. But I say it's being constructive. It's looking at a problem, but not create momentum in that problem. I always think there's a solution in the problem. And so I use the problem as a bouncing off place. But a lot of people, when they look at problems, they create momentum and then they get stuck in it. And then they go, look, the world is unfair. I'm like, well, it could be, but you could also maybe try and create something for yourself. So I find failure comes from making the future down, projecting yourself down a destructive path and plodding along that. And so, I always make sure that i always have my lens really clean
0: i really like that and i think maybe i'm going to name this episode having your lens very clean it's uh it's uh, something i've honestly never heard of before but it makes a lot of sense because um you know a lot of people usually have to maneuver around the fog right or uh, but having you know um a laser vision of at least what the next step is, not not to the goal, but at least one step. Just the next time. step. Exactly, you know, and having a plan. I think, I think, um, you know, a lot of people have goodwill uh, thinking in where they think yep. they're gonna end up, right? And they'll say, you know, we'll figure it out. Uh, even in Arabic, we have a say. you know, we have, that is very common.
1: Regarding uh, the lens comment, it's really interesting because, say, both you and I go to a restaurant. I could say we could eat the same meal. I could say this meal is amazing, and you might say this meal is the worst I've ever had. And so, what's more interesting is not the comments either of us make, because we can only ever view life through our own lens of perception. And so, I don't. Really, it's not so much whether what I say is right or what you say is right. It's like what filter do I have? Am I always going to go to a restaurant and think it's always below me? Am I because I may be used to high-end restaurants, if I go to somewhere else, that the food, no matter what it is, it's going to be awful. So I was, I'm more interested in what's what filters they've put on in the words they're saying. But I wasn't going to make sure that my filters um, really clean. And so for me, that is my beliefs. Like there's no other way to view life but through your own, I think, belief system. And so you you create you create them. So a lot of people don't realize that. They could say, well, I'm not good, I'm never going to achieve my goals. And they pass that belief as a fact. So I just I always make sure that my beliefs are really constructive. And I notice when people have really destructive beliefs that their lens gets really uh, dirty. And then they start viewing things. Oh, this restaurant's crap. Look at the waiter. They did this. Or why are my bags always delayed, Or oh, typical airline always. It's like, God, your lens needs a big clean air. Like, I don't deny when my flight is delayed. I think okay it's delayed for now what should i do oh let me sit in a coffee shop and maybe read that book i haven't got the chance to do so i'd always look and see well i've got loads of goals i want to achieve let's see if i can fit that in into this time so yeah i think that's really important
0: cool no i i you know what like you make a lot of sense so this is definitely something you know people should consider more often and and uh I, i think the clarity that you know you're talking about is something that is very uh, very needed actually a lot of people uh, they know they want to play in that area but they they do not know exactly what to do and stuff like that so let me ask you this question and I know uh, yep. this is uh, something I've been asking some of my guests as well uh, you know what a BHAG is right uh, you know like what
1: you know, the BHAG
0: no so this is a <laughs> so the, the, the term BHAG, uh is um, I don't know if it's a techie term now but it's something very startupy which doesn't mean it really need mean also tech but a BHAG literally translates to big hairy audacious goals or ambitious goals Got it. okay so what is Stephen's hag, either for the business or for yourself for the next 10 years like where do you want to be in 10 years i know it's like a very so, mythical question but like i want to know where where do you stand on that
1: so i i read But I listen to a YouTube video, RSA, what motivates us? And it's not money. It's things like having a sense of purpose, having mastery over a new skill. Like people like to play instruments because it doesn't get you money if you're doing it for hobby. But because you're getting better and better and better, that mastery has a good sense of uh, intent within you. And the next one is you want to make a bit of a ding in the world. They're the main three ones. I thought, you know what? I want to make a bit of a ding in the world. I wonder how I can do that. And so I have that as my um, BHAG, I think that's what you said. And um, so I think, how can I do that? And then I think, well, what are my natural skills? What's my natural passion? So so long as I can express my natural passion without um, compromising myself in destructive ways, that's what I want to do. Because if you are able to express the natural gifts you have in the best of your capacity, I think it always leads the most, to the, you know, to the best outcomes. So I always want to do that. I always want to be really, I tell myself, I want to be as bold as I can, as creative as I can, and as imaginative as I can. I don't want to create um, limiting goals for myself. So I thought, what's the biggest one you can have? Is like, just create a bit of a ding in the world or universe and see how far you can get.
0: Okay. So, and, and, and do you foresee any obstacles or... Uh, like, you know, in the near future that would prevent you doing it, getting to those, what you just said earlier.
1: Yeah, so then I've got my goal up there and I think, well, what's my next step? My step now my current steps are, hmm, maybe I want to improve the technology that is more in line with, say, blockchain. I don't know anyone yet, but I'm going to speak to people about my interest in that and see what comes up. And so, for me, it's being confident in talking about the topics that will get me to that goal. A lot of people don't want to talk about their goals, but I'm, I'm happy to. And I think, you know what, I want, if I want to do, say, blockchain type solution, I need to work with the whole financial infrastructure. So I'm speaking to the infrastructure and I'm having conversation with them. I'm having meetings with them. I'm putting myself forward for that. And so I look at where I need to be in that next few steps and then try and create opportunities for me to um, learn and incorporate that into my company. Then when I get to that step, there'll be new goals. So all I'm ever doing is bridging the gap between where I am and where I want to be. And so I've got to get really comfortable with doing that. And so like, it's not as if I've got five obstacles to overcome, it's more a case of, okay, right now I want to do blockchain technology. I need to speak to some IT people. I need to see how that, if they are finance related. I need to see how that works with the infrastructure. I need to see if the dynamics can change where the infrastructure and blockchain create a new type of quasi solution. So I'm always just thinking like that.
0: You know, in saying that, for you, Stephen, I know you you're in Dubai right now, and I know you are, you know, setting up your office here and all that good stuff. But you know, where do you see you and your companies next step?
1: So. My vision is for international clients to trade local assets. And I see, well, that's the goal I have. And how can that start? And so I want to get local people within one country trading together, create momentum in that one country. Then I can connect two countries. Then I can connect the region within one countries, do the same in different regions and then connect the regions. And then I'll be able to create market depth within say the U and the Middle East, then that will join international players because there's depth and liquidity. And so that's my ultimate goal of what I want. And I understand the steps I need to get there. They might change along the way, but that's a nice blueprint to have at this kind of time. And I'm always looking to maybe update that, but never the end goal.
0: Amazing, amazing. So what one tip would you give our audience uh, yes. What you've learned in the last, you know, and especially we're talking about how you grouped yourself a couple of times. Give us a couple of pointers for the audience. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: I always make sure I'm never projecting my, la- in my life, my goals, my future down a destructive path because the probabilities of future, I always tell myself that. So then I think, what future do I want? What do I want to do? What do I want to achieve? And then I make sure that I have beliefs in line with that because so I could say I could believe that oh, I'm going to be the best, I don't know, best trading platform in the world. But if I really don't believe that, then I'm not going to make choices in line with it. So I, step one, I always make sure that I'm projecting myself down a constructive path. And step two, I always make sure I have beliefs in line with that. But then I'm always making sure I'm having actions in line with that. Like I came to UAE from um, London. And with, I didn't, I hadn't been accepted onto the program just yet. And so I came anyway and I thought, you know what, I'm going to make it work regardless of if I'm on the program. And so I made sure my beliefs were in line with that, because if I was on the program, I could do a, B and C, and if I wasn't on the program, I still need to do it, so I'll do C, D and E. And so I just made sure that my beliefs were really in line and I just didn't, I always make sure that it's not a blind belief or it's just not a, um, you know, Something that you just think on the spare of the moment. I make sure that I I think about right, I'm going to come to UAE. I think for a few months. Well, what can I do? What have I got contact? Can I afford to live somewhere? Can I network? It's like yeah, all these things I can do. So I just I make sure that I back up with a few steps ahead, but not too far because but just enough to create momentum.
0: That's a uh, very good advice. I think um, I am. Um, I didn't know that you actually took the leap of faith and actually moving to dubai before even the program that's uh that adds a bit of uh uh you know i, I guess that's the story so it's uh yeah. it's you did that see it worked out everything worked out for you so uh, super happy cool cool so okay l- let me let me throw at you my curveball question that i'm asking all of my guests sure. so my my question is is a two parted question you can answer either or you can answer both so if you have a superpower, what would that be? Yep. Or if you would like to mimic uh, a superhero, who might that be?
1: So I, I like Avengers and I quite like the superpower that Doctor Strange has. He's able to see in time, okay. but, really, but really to do that. Because the is a probability, you're more seeing, and so nothing's ever, I believe nothing's ever predetermined, but there are maybe paths that are more likely to happen than others. So he's able to like run scenarios in his mind or whatever, however he does it and think, you know what? This is the most likely scenario. And so let's try and do this. Or I think they wanted to save the world, but it's like 0.1% chance of doing it. and. If you want to hit that 1%, these are the things you need to do. But just being, just having that information where the future becomes a little bit more solid is really useful because you feel more confident. You can then make those choices in line with your goals. So for me, it's the ability to, you know, understand probability, time in the future a bit better so I can action it.
0: Okay. That's, um, Doctor Strange is definitely uh you know one of those up there and I think um I would, <laughs> I would add uh, to you is like the planner cuz you would be like that's a good by the way like there isn't a lot of people that plan and the planner would be like a good superhero if you have a plan you know what I'm saying like there's a lot of people wing everything in life right so uh yeah it's it's uh it's good to know and um Doctor Strange is definitely. This is the first time we hear that on the show, so it's good. I think,
1: I think he's got a new film coming out. So I think that's coming out maybe this year or next year. So I'm looking forward to watching that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. I am a big Marvel superhero guy. I'm actually wearing a Superman shirt as we speak. Uh, so, uh, thank you, Stephen. It was a very thank good you. conversation for how uh, for coming on uh, the ABC show. We have a hashtag that you know that we are using, which is. Hashtag real talk, no nonsense. Uh, I think today you 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 hit the nail on its head by opening up and talking about you know everything that you experienced. Until next time, thank you very much again, Stephen, and thank you, audience. Take care. Bye bye.
1: Thank. Thank you.